everybody? Morning, everybody. Welcome. What are you? <laughs> do you interrupt my intro? It's my thing. It's my spot in the show. Come on. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, welcome to the big show. Brought to you by the three of us, Alex, Ethan, and Corey. Oh, I had to get you one time. I, I just had to do it one time. Oh my gosh. All right. I respect it. Game recognized game. Oh man. Well, thank you for listening. If you are listening. Well, you, I mean, you're definitely listening if you're hearing me. Or you're not. Say it. Or, or you're not, maybe. You're probably logging off right now. You're like, I'm done. Yeah, as this is happening, you're switching to a different podcast. <laughs> but please don't. Well, before, when you switch off, if you could just hit, like, subscribe or follow or, like, leave us a review, even while you're leaving, it still helps us. So, like, thank you. If you could do that, that'd be fantastic. Leave five stars and tell us how much you hate us. Yeah, that's that works. <clears throat> yeah, because the stars are the important part. You can say literally anything you want about yeah, us. It can be, be like, these guys bold. are trash. Uh, their takes are horrible. Ethan yes. smells bad. Corey's really ugly. Yeah, you could literally use any amount of, of dirty words that you want to describe us. But five stars Whoa. means the world. So thank you. Uh, okay. With that being said, we are your Big Ten football experts, baby. So let's get into all things CFP, all things deciding who is going to play for the Big Ten championship in Indianapolis. And let's start breaking down the game as well. Well, we're not going to do it right now. We're going to do it soon. But CFP first. Rankings came out today. Top 11. Penn State Nittany Lions sitting at the back end of this at number 11. Tennessee at 10 after a blowout loss to South Carolina. Oregon at 9. Clemson at 8. Bama at 7. USC at 6 after a big win over UCLA. LSU's at 5. TCU, Michigan, Ohio State, and Georgia are still your top four. This has been a long time with this top four in, in this order which I feel like is rare to see this late in the season, but these teams keep winning. And speaking of keeping on winning, the question I want to pose to you guys for the three of us, because I don't even know the answer to this, of these top 10 teams, I, I think we know that the top four, if they keep winning, they're in the playoff. They control their own destiny. But 100%. outside of the top four, outside of the top four, it, there, it can be debated if some of these teams control their own destiny. So I want to ask you guys, who outside of this top four do you think falls in that category of if they win? So I'm going to... They're in. I'm going to jump right on this because <clears throat> I have to agree disagree with it just being the top four. I think it's the top five. And I'll tell you why. Because if LF, LSU wins out, that means they beat Georgia in the SEC championship game. They are in. And honestly, they're probably going to jump to like three. Um, yeah. And you might see Georgia fall to four. And I really think that if they win out, they are automatically in. If LSU wins out, they are in. The SEC champion is not getting held out. It's not happening. Unless LSU 
<clears throat> whoever they were to play this week, they somehow lost to and then beat Georgia, then sure, they're out. But if they win out, they're in. I, 100%, in my opinion. Sure. I, I would I would take it a step further. Uh, I would say the top six controls their own destiny if they win out. But obviously that's not going to happen because – So, hold on. You, so you say the top six. Oh, well, then I'm the, leaving out the, a spot, but – yeah, well, the sixth one being USC. So if USC wins out and they're a one-loss Pac-12 champ, who do you think they replace? Like, assuming the top four, let's say the top four win out and LSU gets another loss, but USC wins out. Who do you think USC would replace? Say that one more time. If you if the top four, so if USC if USC wins out and the top four teams currently win out. No, they, they can't, can't because, because Michigan, Michigan and Ohio, Ohio State, State play. So we're getting one team already that's not gonna that's not gonna come out of this weekend undefeated. Um, I will say You're this: right. first and foremost, there is there is no way if the only way to get two Big Ten teams in, and I guess maybe I'm jumping the gun here, is if Michigan beats Ohio State. They will put in a one-loss non-Ohio State Big Ten champion over a one-loss non. Big Ten champion no. Michigan. I don't care what you say. You both no. are wrong. I'm just going to throw that out there right now because there, there's, there's no possible way with it being a road game for Michigan. There's, there's just no possible way. It is the hardest thing in college football to do is to win on the road at, in a top five ranked matchup. I, it's the hardest thing to do. Ethan, I don't care. I'm just going off of what I'm hearing from all of the people at ESPN and all of these other football whatevers, these football experts, quote unquote. And they're saying that this is the only way. And I'm even listening to the committee as well. This, uh, what, what, I don't even, his name is Boo. This is they had Boo. an opportunity to put TCU over Michigan after what happened in Illinois, and they didn't because well, they TCU barely beat Baylor. It, it's just, it's, it's not going to, if, I, I, I'll give you the, I'll give you the scenario. If Michigan loses to Ohio State by, let's say, three points, okay? And I'm I'm using this for the sake of argument because you said that the only team with a loss out of the two would be Ohio State to get in. I think they both can now. But if <clears throat> Michigan were to lose to Ohio State by three this weekend, you would have Michigan at 11 and one. And then all, in my opinion, these are the things that you would need to have happen. You would need Georgia to beat LSU in the SEC championship game. And you would need either USC or TCU to lose Correct. one game. Correct. I agree with that. But I'm gonna and then and then they're in. And then Michigan and Ohio State are in. I'm gonna tell and you And I think that situation is going to happen. I'm gonna tell you what I heard from the committee chair on ESPN earlier tonight. They're saying Michigan is at where they're at because of their non conference schedule. So if they're going through this scenario of a one-loss Michigan team against this Ohio State team. Yes, it's a top-two loss on the road. It's big game, whatever. The committee is already saying oh, their their resume just isn't that impressive. And the one game where they can really take it control of, they don't win. Their one ranked win is against Penn State, who is still outside of the top ten, by the way, and would be a would be less of a win compared to every one of the other teams that are competing for those spots i disagree clemson doesn't have a better win neither does tcu 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 does have more ranked wins but they don't have a better win 
Right. Which that's going to, that's going to be what it comes down to. Yeah. And Corey, you're right to, a, I think you're right to an extent of like, if they're equating, you know, two lower ranked wins and one higher ranked win, like if they view those as basically a wash, they, are. they will go, to the they will go to the non-conference and say, uh, you know, coin flip goes to TCU based on the tougher non-conference. But, 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 I, the, pers- but here's the thing. Here's the thing. The problem is, is if TCU loses a game, they are out. They're not making the CFP. I agree with Ethan. Well, now the committee has told you, the committee has showed you by keeping them at four that they have the lowest threshold of tolerance for any flaw that TCU might show. If TCU loses, they can, the, the CFP would be salivating to put Michigan and Ohio State in the playoff. And listen, people, when I talk to you about this, yes, of course, things like money and brand, all of those things come into play. You know why? Because the CFP has two jobs. Number one, to get the best four teams in the playoff. And number two, which actually comes before number one, make money. <laughs> and it is the only thing, and and it trumps everything. <clears throat> Now, obviously, they're not going to take some like they're not going to take a two loss Bama team that didn't make the SEC championship game and put them in because it would give a ton of views. They're not going to do something like that because then you lose all credibility. You have to maintain a certain level of credibility. But an 11 and one team that is their only loss is either to Ohio State or to Michigan playing each other at the end of the year to put both of those teams into the playoff would be a huge win for them. And I'm telling you, from what I am seeing right now, they are looking for any, and and here's the huge thing for the Big Ten. Tennessee losing was massive for you. The door just got kicked wide open with Tennessee losing. and, And I, Corey, I have to disagree with you because I don't think it's just Ohio State, and I don't think it's just Michigan. I think both of these teams now have an opportunity to lose this game on Saturday and still make it. I, I truly do, and it requires one of it requires two things. Georgia wins out and beats LSU in the SEC championship game, and one more loss from USC, or... uh, one loss from USC or TCU. Yep. And both Big Ten teams are getting in. Clemson, the the committee just showed you in the rankings what they think of Clemson. They ranked them below two loss Alabama. They're not putting and, Clemson in. They're not. And they're that not going to do it. That actually tells you that tells you just as much what the committee thinks of Clemson as much as it tells you what the committee thinks of their conference. Too, Correct. Right. And a lot of that has to do with the eye test of Clemson having basically a season long QB battle where it DG, also has to DJ, do with them getting go. murdered by a, a, a Notre Dame team, a Notre Dame team that lost to Marshall, which they is got, part of this the, is eye the test, most right? mind numbing part of this whole college football playoff debacle. And now at the beginning of the season, Alex, I was like, you know what, let's keep it at six, you know, and we'll be fine that way. Open up this whole thing because it, it it just depends on who you're talking about, which teams you're talking about, on how this Notre Dame team is viewed. This Notre Dame team, you're right, Ethan, lost to Marshall. Marshall is a horrible football team right now. We thought they could have been somewhat good in that group of five, but no, they're not any good. 
But if you're talking about Ohio State, oh, they beat Notre Dame at the beginning of the year. That's a good team. And then you talk about Clemson, it's like, oh, they got they boat raced Clemson and Clemson sucks and Notre Dame's not even that good. And now you have Notre Dame playing USC at the end of this season. This is their last regular season game for, for the Trojans. Are we, what is Notre Dame? Are we viewing them as a good team or are we viewing them as the team that lost to Marshall? Because this is the common thread for three college football playoff committee or for three college football playoff teams that are vying for a bid. And when Notre Dame is mentioned, the narrative of Notre Dame changes based off of the team that they're talking about vying for the spot. It is mind-numbingly annoying about how they're talking. I heard all of the – it was like Herb Street, it was Galloway, it was uh, McElroy on the on the playoff committee show. They're talking about Clemson. It's like, well, it's not Clemson's fault that the ACC isn't as good this year. And it's like, you guys been ripping on Michigan's schedule the whole time. What, where is where is the commonality? Where can we please rate these teams? And let's take a quick look at Clemson's non non conference schedule. Yeah, they played. And the one one tough team they played, they got eviscerated by. So I don't want to hear about it. So, to put a bow on this for the time being, we've talked about what we think the committee is thinking and what we think the committee might do quick answers, straight answers. Who do you personally think are the four best teams in the country and your ideal four team playoff? Just who are the four best teams in the country right now? Ethan, four teams go. Number one, Georgia, number two, Ohio state, number three, Michigan, and number four, LSU. I think LSU. I think LSU and the maturation that has happened with that team under Brian Kelly throughout this year, they're a far, far different team than they were earlier in the year. I think they're. I think they're a top four team in the country. Corey, top four. I, I have a question: Is Blake Corum healthy? Yes. Okay. Then it's number one Georgia, number two Ohio State, number three Michigan, and number four TCU. I've been very impressed with TCU. They had plenty of opportunity to lose that game against Baylor, and they came back and from from the jaws of defeat came back and won that game. Now it's kind of smooth sailing. Into I want to ask you one quick question. Sure. Well, I got to give my top four. And and I I promise I I'm going to let you. I just want to ask Corey one quick question. If TCU and LSU play on a neutral field, who wins? I think TCU could win. I, I, do you think do you, would you would in your mind would you pick them to win, or would you think that you would think LSU would be the favorite in that game? LSU would be the favorite, I would think, but I would still pr- feel pretty confident in TCU. Okay, they fair struggled. enough. They, I, it was just just one quick question. That's all it was. Okay. That's all it was. Okay, I'm, but can I give my reasoning? Because in the adversity that TCU has faced this season, that is a game they should have lost at Baylor. Baylor had full control of that game, full momentum, and they somehow came back and won that football game. They clawed their way back into it. I know, talk about the Big 12 all that you want, about how it's not very good, blah, 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 blah. But they were, they were, they should have lost that game, but they found a way to win. That's something that LSU couldn't say throughout the entirety of this year. If the full body of work, we're looking at it, and even into last week, I'm more impressed with TCU right now than I am with LSU. What is um, 
what's the quarterback's name for TCU? Duggar? Duggan? Duggan. Duggan, thank you. I think Harrison Jr., if that's his name, if I'm saying it correctly, the defensive end for LSU. Um, freshman. He's a true freshman, people, and he might be the best defensive player in the country. He is unreal. He would live in that backfield. Guys, I want to give my top four. Please, Alex, the floor is yours, and we are waiting with bated breath. <laughs> Thank you. My top four, one, Georgia, two, Ohio State, three, Michigan, four, USC. Ooh. I think I think that USC is a more talented TCU, personally. I think they're a very similarly built team, and they have Caleb Williams and not Max Duggan. I love that take. I absolutely love that take, and I absolutely agree. If USC were to play TCU, I think they would also – I think they'd beat them. And to just <clears throat> chime in on your guys' debate too, I would have my next two be TCU and then LSU. Just don't know if I trust LSU in a, in a big game just yet. They're 2-2 two and two against top 25 opponents right now. Or actually, 1-2. and two. Yeah, they're 1-2 no. against top 25 right now. No, they have two top 25 wins. Bama and Ole Miss. Ole Miss. You're correct. Yeah. You're correct. Yeah, but then they have two other losses too. So I just don't know if I trust them that much yet. All right, good stuff. Let's get into the week that was. So let's start off with this Michigan game. We're going to start off with Michigan and Ohio State because these are the two most important teams in the Big Ten right now and nationally. So the Michigan game, Michigan escapes by the skin of their teeth, 19-17 to over Illinois. And few things to talk about with with this game. One is the health of Corum and Donovan Edwards, which just going to put it out there. None of us knows. No one has shared very much about if either of them are going to play, if they play, if they'll be 100% healthy. So that is a ball of ambiguity that none of us can offer clarity towards. Can we just just move forward from here on out with the – baseline of we think he's going to play. I Yes. Let's assume that he plays, but he's not 100%. Edwards or Corum okay. or both? Uh, both. Corum. Corum. I, I'm just I'm, saying Corum. I think okay. I, I think Edwards for me is a 50-50 toss-up. From what I'm hearing, I'm fairly confident. And, and I'm not saying, yes, he's playing people. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying from what I'm hearing, I'm fairly confident he is going to play. That's just my but personal opinion. The, but but I think the bigger storyline to take away from this game as it applies to Ohio State is what this Michigan team looks like without a Heisman Trophy candidate in the backfield. They were missing another starting offensive lineman this last week, and they will get one back this next week in Trente Jones. But we saw what they looked like against a talented defense without – the Heisman Trophy candidate at running back, and it was not good. Now, I've had a debate with a couple of people on how much to put on J.J. McCarthy's shoulders and how much to not. But overall, I think we now know that we cannot count on a Michigan passing game to go into Columbus and win a game if they were to not have Corum or even have like a 50% Blake Corum. I don't think that it's good enough. As awesome as their offensive line is, 
they need a playmaker to step up. And if it's not Blake Corum, and if it's not Donovan Edwards, I don't think they have that guy on the offense right now. What do you say? I uh, Listen, the second half of that game, you have to look at the play calling as well. And please let me finish because I'm not saying the play calling was the reason that they couldn't perform. There were so many drops. Like you've been talking about this, Alex, for weeks. And I'm like, you know what? Let's let's give these guys some slack. Andre Anthony dropped a touchdown in the end zone. Um, I believe Roman Wilson, who's pretty sure-handed, he had a big drop as well. Then we also had uh, Isaiah Gash. Isaiah Gash. He made, well, he's like a true freshman. He hasn't played all year, so like I'll give him a pass. But still, like there has got to be somebody that's going to make a play for these guys. And like if it can't be a tight end, it's got to be one of these receivers. Personally, I still think Roman Wilson is really good. He could take over a game, but you need a, a difference maker somewhere else that isn't your security blankets of tight ends because it's very clear that there is no dynamic play or passing offense that Michigan can run. Right now. <clears throat> could that change? I don't know, but I don't think it could change in a week. Um, and if you don't have a Blake Corum, if you don't have a Donovan Edwards, the runs up the middle are not going to work. And I know that's that I heard somebody talk about how like the, the biggest strength and weakness of Michigan is Jim Harbaugh's stubbornness because he is going, if, if they're beating you on the run, they are not going to shy away from it. But if they're not beating you with the run, he's going to keep doing it until, until something breaks or until they lose the game. You can't, you can't get into what you got into the second half as far as play calling goes. Because and we're gonna we're we're gonna get into the the predictions and you know talking about the games a little bit later, uh, the upcoming matchup. But for for this game against Illinois, just really quick, I, I mean, <clears throat> you had Blake Corum going absolutely nuclear in the first half, Bonkers. before he got hurt, and they were on their way to score on that drive. And, I mean, he gets his knee, you know, obviously it was a bad stinger, um, which we clearly know now because of how hard he clutched it and not having any structural damage. It was bad enough to the point where he dropped the football and fumbled on that play, which it clearly was a fumble. Um, So I just think that Michigan without Blake Corum and without that running game, they're just their their play calling their offensive style is not really designed to survive it and when you drop as many passes as oh. we did and then you have four overthrows by JJ McCarthy and the there's zero rhythm there's no rhythm in the passing game and every time McCarthy dropped back to pass all of us held our breath i know it because i was doing it every single time and i know you guys were too and it's just like please and then on the last drive of the game when we needed some huge plays, they came up big. And, and there was the, the drive before that, missing two wide open players for touchdowns is inexcusable. Yeah. If you're J.J. McCarthy, you're 11 weeks into the season. I have this much tolerance and I'm holding up a zero for that type of quarterback play mm-hmm. at this point in the season. It is unacceptable and he has to get it fixed. Over, he overthrew one. And he checked down the pass to Gash underneath. 
on the other one. And both times he had the tight end wide open for a touchdown. It cannot happen. And it you you just you have to have to have to correct it this week in practice. Absolutely. Now I'm I'm gonna step to JJ's defense a little bit here because I've heard a couple of people say stuff like this and honestly a large majority majority of it was me driving home from the game and hearing everyone call in on the radio and basically rip JJ to shreds because oh well he's the five star quarterback you know they trusted him with the ball he should be out there making plays and blah 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 if you've watched every Michigan game this year like I have like the three of us have I mean these receivers outside of our horrific non-conference opponents they cannot get separation from anybody. I mean, it was it was crazy watching Illinois because Illinois has Isaiah Williams, who's just an absolute speed demon and a yards after catch freak. They ran him on a four yard out maybe five different times during the game on Saturday, and every time had at least two or three yards of separation. We did the same thing with Ronnie Bell, and trust me, Illinois, they have a great secondary. Those are NFL type players in their secondary, Ronnie Bell couldn't get an arm's length away from anybody running similar routes. And and the, you know, I know JJ missed a couple balls. He overthrew a couple guys. He he misread a play or two. But I'm looking at CJ Stroud's stat line, who's the favorite to win the Heisman Trophy and widely regarded as one of the best quarterbacks in college football against a Maryland defense who we know is not, no good 18 for 30, 241 yards, one touchdown, zero interception, 77 QBR. That's C.J. Stroud throwing to Marvin Harrison and Emeka Obuka and Cade Stover, who are some of the best weapons in all of college football. If he's only going 18 for 30 against Maryland, I'm not going to dog on J.J. McCarthy for overthrowing a few balls in, in one well, game. I think we will get in. Listen, we're about to start talking about that game next here. And, and and we'll get to the Buckeyes and, and the issues that they had against Maryland. But I'm just solely talking about what happened in U of M. Yeah. Um, and, and, and there were a few things that I saw. And, and listen, no, no major workload has been put on J.J. McCarthy's shoulders all season. He has become Cade McNamara 2.0 oh, with legs that he gets to use occasionally. In the fact that he's a game manager, they they never ask him to pass the ball 20-plus times. It never happens. And he just has had to manage games, which he's done very well. Obviously, they're 11-0. But it, there's going to come a time. And you know what? Last year, we were able to beat Ohio State the way that, you, you know, just pound them on the ground and eat away at them like that. And, and who knows, maybe we'll be able to do that again this year. But I'm talking about for the playoff and things beyond, you have to have quarterback play. And you have to have good quarterback play. And that wasn't it. That's all I'm saying. I, I think they have the quarterback play. I genuinely do. No, I don't think JJ's, you know, he might not be top five in the country by any means or even top 10. But I think he's, I think he's quarterback. He's got the quarterback play in him to win a national championship. But to your point about play calling, right? About about the offense being, you know, all run, all run, all run, even when Blake Corum's out. I think they're doing that not because they view J.J. McCarthy as a limitation, but because they know the talent in the wide receiver room is the limitation. I mean, we were without uh, Schoonmaker, our starting tight end, and 
you would think in that situation, right, experienced wide receivers would step up and help JJ, right? Our leading receiver for the for this weekend, Colston Loveland, true freshman tight end, three catches, 50 I'm yards. I'm glad that you brought him up because he played an incredible game. He had some of the best catches that Michigan needed in the biggest times of the game. And I think I was listening in, too, that Harbaugh was recruiting him from Idaho. He, he like, went all the way out there. He's the best player high school player out of Idaho that year. In Idaho, yeah. And I I don't know what the uh, injury update uh, is on Schoonmaker, but listen, if you cannot rely on your running game like you've been able to over the course of the season, that's your key to victory right there. If you have two potential uh, options coming out of your tight end spot while they still have to respect your running game, a little bit of play action because they ran a play in the third quarter that was eerily similar to that Penn State route that Eric All had. That was the game-winning touchdown. Same result. Yeah. If they can keep doing yes. that, something like that to cause that mismatch, I don't know. I've, But good tight end play might be the key for Michigan this upcoming weekend. Yeah, I think we can all agree that no matter who you put mo- much of the, you know, most of the blame on, they're going to need more from the passing game this week to beat Ohio State. So speaking of Ohio State, uh, they didn't. They had a, a fairly similar weekend to Michigan, to be honest. They uh, beat Maryland 43-30, to 30, a much more comfortable win, but they were down at halftime 13-10 to 10 in this well, one. Well, and they scored a garbage touchdown when, I mean, you had. Yeah, it made this one look better than it. Yeah, Maryland had a chance to go down the field and win with a touchdown on that drive because they were only down by six. Yeah, there was a fumble mm-hmm. recovered for a touchdown by, I believe yeah. it was Steel Chambers, uh, recovered it and, and took it in for a touchdown right, in the last, yeah. in the waning moments of the game. Just but unbelievable similar... defensive line play by Ohio State yeah. on that last drive. Yes, but in similar fashion to Michigan, running back health for Ohio State is no guarantee going into the game on Saturday. Mayan Williams did not play in this game. Travion Henderson played for some of it and then left in the first half, similar to Blake Corum. He was but, in a walking boot on the sideline. Yes, he was in a walking boot. And then Dallin Hayden, their true freshman, came in. He actually he played a heck of a game. 27 carries, 146 yards, 5.4 carries, and three, and three touchdowns. So, like, they're getting that production from a, a true freshman. He might be the guy that they lean on going into next week. But um, – you mentioned the defensive line play. They're going to need that next week against Michigan, and they've consistently showed up in big, big moments over the course of this year. Not as much from the passing game in this one, but I think you can expect that to change going into Columbus. Um, so similar story, but but overall, you know, what do you guys think of Ohio State going into next week? Um, I, I just – I think for both Michigan and Ohio State, there there was definitely some look ahead going on. And for Michigan, absolutely. it makes absolutely no sense because you're coming in, you're you're playing a team like well, no, you know what? I I take that back. I, I think it makes sense for both teams because Illinois was feared, but having lost back to back home games coming into this game against Michigan, a lot of that luster wore off for Illinois. And then Maryland had been playing absolutely horribly entering that game against Ohio State. And 
I think there's just a level of look ahead um, in both of these teams. And for Ohio State, there was that look, there was just there was just times when Maryland, it felt like they could do no wrong on offense. Ohio State had no answer defensively. Uh, Tungavailoa was moving the ball around, finding his wide receivers, taking off and running when he needed to. It really felt like he just was controlling the game. And Maryland's defense was getting off the field in some really, really key spots, especially in the first half. And that has been Ohio State's kryptonite, has been these these first halves where their team just doesn't seem to show up for whatever reason. And, you know, Michigan has kind of suffered from the same thing. So it's going to be really interesting to see kind of who takes a hold of that game early on. But uh, for this for this uh, Maryland-Ohio State game, I think it was just uh, one of those situations where there's a lot of look-ahead going on. And Ohio State is, and this seems kind of crazy to say, because coming into this season, we thought, wow, this offense could be one of the best offenses college football has ever seen. They've been very good, but it has come nowhere close to being that. Well, it's because they're one-dimensional. And they, they're very one-dimensional. And I think that when you look at the injuries that they've had in the backfield, and, and, and let's face it, you guys, C.J. Stroud, while he has played good, has not lived up to what I think the hype was before the season started. When you chase him out of the pocket, when you get him out of the pocket and you get a little bit of pressure on him, he's he's not using his legs nearly enough in my opinion and he also just he throws a lot of bad balls when when he's on the move or he he gets a little bit of pressure you get him off his feet uh out of that pocket and and, and you know I think you saw that again and look you could say the exact same thing about JJ McCarthy his completion percentage has tanked over the last few weeks and a lot of that is throws that he's being forced to make where he's, you know, being flushed out of the pocket and things like that. And they might not be as accurate, but that's what we saw in that. That is my takeaway from the Maryland Ohio state game. Uh, I'm going to be honest. Uh, Maryland was fired up for this game. And I think this is what you're trying to get with the rest of the big 10, as far as these later starts to their game. So like Rutgers scheduling Michigan for their night game or, uh, you know, some of these Friday or Thursday night games to like build that atmosphere from a Purdue early on in the regular season. And I think you've seen these teams outside of Rock, well, Rutgers, I guess, for the first half did. Um, you've seen these teams rise to the occasion a little bit. And like for at least half of the game, they've been able to hang with some of these big dogs, but they haven't been able to put it all together, which has been the total problem in the microcosm of this Big Ten season as a whole. Every other team is chasing Michigan and Ohio State right now. And it's very clear. There's times where you look scared. There's times where, you know, Illinois is throwing haymakers to to Michigan that's bleeding, you know, on the ropes. But the big dogs just figure out a way to find and get that W. And that's what we, we saw from Ohio State here in an atmosphere in Maryland that was electric the majority of the game and in a situation where you put Ohio State down at half Ohio State still 
figured out a way to win this game. And even being one-dimensional, even going down to their third-string true freshman running back, Ohio State was Ohio State. They had their flaws. They had their mistakes. Uh, Harrison got his his numbers. Stroud got his numbers. And ultimately, the only stat at the end of the day that matters is that W. And you just kind of hope that uh, one of these days, these teams are going to figure it out a little bit because I think there are some that are closer than others. And I mean, truly, and Alex, you and I talked about this, I think Maryland could put it together and they're probably one of the closer teams to get to that Penn state echelon in the big 10 as compared to like everybody else that's vying for that spot. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on Maryland. I think they're closer than some people think they need to get tougher and uh, better at recruiting O-line and defensive line to really get to that next level. But we know Loxley's good at recruiting skill position guys, uh, wide receivers. He, he's got plenty of them. He's got Roman Hemby, who's a young weapon in the backfield. So, yeah, I think Maryland is fairly close to that Penn State echelon. But, yeah, to Ohio State, I, I hate to I hate to put it this way because I hate for a game of this magnitude coming up this weekend to come down to this. The healthier team may win. Yeah. Like if Blake Corm and Donovan Edwards can't go and Travion Henderson and Mayan Williams can, like that could be the difference in the game. Or if Michigan is down two starting offensive linemen and Ohio State's completely healthy defensive line can just go eat, like that could be the difference in a game. So I think that the conclusion that we all came to of just escaping this weekend with a win for each of these teams is awesome. I think escaping with health would have been more important. And I just want to make one quick point here. And Alex, you make a great point about the health. And I think Michigan and Ohio State both have the same thing going into this game. You know, tons of people out on both sides. But you look across the landscape of college football, excuse me, and what happened this past weekend. If you're a Michigan fan or you're an Ohio State fan, be happy you won. Yes. Because... There was craziness going on, okay? I don't know if it was a full moon or what. You saw what happened with South Carolina and Tennessee. South Carolina scored five touchdowns on their first five possessions, okay? They had a drive in the third quarter where they were still on a touchdown streak and scored another touchdown against the number five team in the country, which everybody was saying, oh, they're in the playoff. It's just they just don't get to play in the SEC championship game, but they're in. Well, they ain't anymore, people. Bye-bye. They're gone. Georgia was playing Kentucky, okay, and could not move the football. They, they couldn't score. It, so there was a lot of craziness going on. It's going to get settled on the field this Saturday. Get your popcorn ready. All right, next game up. We won't spend as much time on this one. Penn State crushes Rutgers 55-10. to 10. Not much anal analysis to to have, right? Like they're just a much more talented team. You, you almost got me there, Corey. You almost got me there. Uh, to be honest, though, just a quick anecdote on Penn State for me personally. Like they're ranked at 11th right now. Does anyone else feel like if they were in like any other division or conference in college football, like who they, they beat be very differently? Like if Who've they were they in the AC- who they beat. Name name I, no, I, name the team. 
Hold on. Let me let me make my point first, okay? Because yes, they've lost twice to the two best teams, the two only very good teams that they've played. But everyone else they've played, it hasn't even been close. Like the only game that was close was Northwestern, and that's because of weather. They played in an absolute hurricane. I think if they were in the ACC, they would they would be winning the ACC right now. They, they would be the favorites to come out of there as the conference champs, me personally. They got a great run game, a ton of talent on the defensive side of the ball, especially at defensive back. Offensive line play has been better. Now quarterback will always limit them as long as Sean Clifford is there. But I, I do think that if they were in the ACC or in you know maybe like a Pac-12, they would be viewed differently nationally. Whoa, 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 whoa. We got to relax on the Pac-12. You, you, the ACC, I was fine with you making that point, but – Pac-12, we need to we need to rein it in a little bit. Pac-12's, I think I, Pac-12's I, got I, quite a few ranked teams in the top 25 I, right now. Yeah, I, I think Utah, USC, UCLA are all better than Penn State. You think Washington and Oregon, I agree. and Oregon, and possibly Washington. I think I think Penn State is better than Utah and Washington for sure, and UCLA for sure. Oregon and UCLA. For sure, UCLA. Did you watch that game on Saturday against USC? Yes, I did. One hundred percent. And Penn I think State Penn is State. for sure better than that team. Who have they I think Penn beat? State might have Alex? a more physical. Who I bet Penn... you Penn State has a more physical running game than UCLA. Who Who has Penn State beat? What name one semi good team that they have beat? Okay, I see your point. But it's not their fault that the two best teams they've played just happen to be two of the top three teams in the country, right? But you got absolutely pantsed at Michigan. They got uh-huh. eviscerated by Michigan. And then they played Ohio State, managed to keep it close for the first half. And then in the second half, they got absolutely dominated Listen, this, in the second okay, half. So but using, hold on, but hold on, using hold on. This is, this is the same argument that makes me so upset about the college football playoff because we're talking about all of these. Who have they beat? Yes, Ethan, I agree. Okay. Notre Dame got beat by Marshall. They suck. Okay. And they're ranked below in their they are ranked below Penn State right. as they should be. Right, but everybody's Listen, talking about anybody if you're asking me, Notre Dame is like, "Oh, this is a good win." Okay, there you go. You you beat a team that If you are asking Marshall. me, do I think Penn State, do I think Penn State is appropriately ranked? Yes, I do. And I think they have the talent to back it up. Do I think that the top that there is a major major difference between the top like 10 through 15 and then 15 through 20 in in the college football rankings not really no i don't i think a lot of those teams if they were to all play each other it'd be a mangled up mess i see how lost to arizona this year they did right yeah that's what and you're you're proving my point by what i'm saying right now there's no, just but specifically the penn state point like you you ask me who penn state's beaten like Penn State has had multiple Arizona caliber teams on their schedule and hasn't tripped up once. Okay, and I'll I'll accept that point, but I think that UCLA has the higher end talent is all I'm saying. And I think their quarterback play is much better. We're we're getting too yeah, we're getting too deep into this. We're getting way too deep into this. Their six-year senior but. quarterback is way better than Penn State's six-year senior quarterback. And it, the, I, I'll agree. The Penn the Penn State argument is the eye test, and that's apparently the it, it depends on the coin flip of what what the CFP is going to rank the certain week of whatever. 
I will say this, Alex, I agree with you. I do think Penn State should be in the top 10, and my reasoning is the teams that they should beat and they should have beaten, they have beaten convincingly outside of Northwestern, but that was in a monsoon. And when monsoons are in, it's, oh, that doesn't matter. That game is whatever. It's really, it's really funny to me that the year that they announce a 12-team playoff is coming, that no year would have been more appropriate to have a 12-team playoff than, than this year. It's perfect. Right now. It's I, I mean, can, I, I just I just want to throw this out there to you guys, okay? Alabama makes the 12-team playoff. Ugh. Who wants to play them? Nobody. Nobody. Could they still win the CFP? 1,000%. Yes. Do any of us doubt that Alabama could still definitely win the they CFP? Throw, they, if they somehow right weasel now. their way into the top four, they're going to win the thing. Because that's just how, that's just how <laughs> it happens. Well, I, I think Georgia would curb stomp them. But anyway, I digress. Yeah, we spend too much time on Penn State, and that's probably my fault. But I just Let wanted go, to Alex, you suck. give them some That's what happens when you have stupid takes. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten one great take from Ethan's opinion and one bad one, so we'll see what the tiebreaker is. Uh, Indiana beats MSU 39-31 to in double overtime. The only point I'm taking away – actually, the funny part is when I was on last week's podcast saying that I was going to pick Indiana to cover – I mentioned that it was because of their quarterback play oh, and that gosh. I just liked Dexter Williams. They completed two passes in, in route to winning this game. So the result, good for me. Analysis, not so much. But Mel Tucker, unless they pull off in a massive upset against Penn State next week in Happy Valley, is not going to make a bowl game or at least won't hit six wins in the first season after he gets a $95 million contract. Not a good look. I mean, just this is the tale of like two bad teams playing each other, but for Michigan State to allow Indiana, a horrible Indiana team, by the way, to come back in the fashion that they did. Oh, yikes. Like Mel Tucker, you did not do yourself any fit. You would have been better off losing that game by being behind the entire time than they the were way up they lost. Seven. Yeah, than the way they lost that game. The way they lost that game was just like people say people use the the, the phrase program win all the time. Um, like that's a program win. Michigan beating Ohio State last year. That's a program win. You know, like it's a huge win for the program. That felt like a program loss. <laughs> that felt like that yes. felt like uh did Worst we loss see, of the Mel Tucker era, for sure. Did we just see a nail go into a, a coffin? Because that's yeah. kind of, you know what I mean? And and listen, I'm by no means saying that, like, Mel Tucker career over. Michigan State fans, for all of you listening out there, I picked you guys to be really good again this year. I thought you'd rebound from losing uh, Walker at running back. That has not been the case. And listen. You've got to start being at least moderately upset if you're a Michigan State fan about what's going on there right now. So that's all I really have to say about it. it, it you know, it's I'm not going to overblow it or anything like that, but it just felt it just didn't feel right. Like that was just like, how did this happen? How do you lose? It? And it's and it's to solidify a bowl game for you. Oh, gosh. right. And you and you lose in that fashion like that just can't happen. 
how how do you lose to a team where you almost double their total yardage? That's pathetic. And to all the Michigan State fans that are listening out there, when I said Sean or uh, Peyton Thorne is a bad quarterback, I'm doubling down. But he's played pretty well the second half of this year, so I'll give you that. I still don't think he's very good, and I don't like Michigan State, so that kind of goes into the mixture. But holy smokes, this Corey hates Michigan State more than he hates Ohio State. That's I thought about that once, but no, I can't. Like it, it's just like the prestige of Ohio State that I hate, and like. Yeah, but you hate Michigan State as a team. I've, I've stooped to the level because all of the, I mean, going to high school, it was Michigan, Michigan State, and then Michigan State would always win, and I'd have to take the abuse. Growing up in the Rich Rod era was horrible for me. Not fun. You guys should all cut me some slack because I just sit through Rich Rod and Brady Hoke as the games that like I actually remember. Like, like truly because like i got the tail end of the lloyd car era and like i was still like in the baseball only phase and then i got over to the other sports and i'm like this is legit but besides the point uh i, I couldn't believe the final score of this game in the stat the stat lines don't make sense but that's college football sometimes so michigan state i don't know what i got nothing for you you can't lose a game like that and you did and now what are you gonna do yeah, pretty pathetic. And it's very evident that Corey's a very pessimistic Michigan fan. If you were reading all the texts he was sending us during the Illinois game, like, oh, they're already going to lose this game. It's an L. And then they win, and, and he's like, oh. Never doubt. Never doubted. Never doubted. <laughs> Never doubted. Uh, all right, we're going to talk about these next two games in tandem because we're going to wrap it into a Big Ten West Ooh, conversation. My which... area of expertise. Corey's baby. Corey's going to take this one, the lead on this one. Iowa beats Minnesota 13 to 10 and Purdue beats Northwestern 17 to 9. But Corey, what does this mean for the scenarios in the Big 10 West and who goes to Indy? So essentially there's three teams in the mix, but truly only two teams that have a legitimate shot. Number 1 and controlling their own destiny is of all teams the Iowa Hawkeye, how on earth they're in this position is solely because of their defensive play. Truly have... No, 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 no. Wrong. The only reason they're in this position is because every other Big Ten West team who had a chance at the beginning of this season to control their own destiny absolutely defecated in their own betting. Ethan, you're primarily Illinois. Okay, that's fine. But when their backs were against the wall and they needed to take care of business, they're the only Big Ten West team that has been able to do that. They go into Minnesota in a game against a 7-3 and three or 4 team at the time. They're not favored. Minnesota could wrap this up for them. Not wrap it up, but they could put themselves in a position to get back into contention. And Iowa just plays bully ball. They were suffocating on defense. Ethan Kilimanjaro, whatever the heck his name is, could not move the ball at all. Holy, Ibrahim had 256 rushing yards in this game, and Iowa still figured out a way to score more points than Minnesota. That is insane. That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense, but yet here we are talking about Iowa potentially going back into the Big Ten West to represent them in the Big Ten title game. But that's besides the point. They win a game. They win an ugly game. And that's what they've done all year. And at the end of the day, if you win games, 
you'll be able to do more fun things like go play for a conference championship. And that is what Iowa is doing. But on the other side, you have Purdue, who has been the microcosm of the entire Big Ten West division for this entire season. They beat Northwestern at home, which they should have. I don't think anybody was in uh, was too worried about that. But I saw a stat that this was the first time they'd beaten Northwestern at home since 2007. Ugh. Wow. That I, I read that stat again because I'm like, 2007 was like 30 years ago or something like that. Not really. But Maccabee got hurt for Purdue. The good Aiden O'Connell showed up. Charlie Jones was great again, maybe not the yardage-wise. And then Payne Durham, we talked about him last week on the pod. We're going to talk about him again. Made those big plays. I don't even know how deep of a dive I can get into this. It all comes down to this. We could know what's going to happen with the Big Ten West by Friday, of all things, with uh, Nebraska and Iowa playing uh, at 4 p.m. on Black Friday. but if they figure out a way to lose that game, lose an ugly game, that completely opens the door for Purdue to then have control of their own destiny and they have to beat their arch rival on the road against Indiana. So if you're looking at the other side of the Big Ten or any other Big Ten games, those two games of the West are truly the only ones that you need to worry about. And both of those teams that could represent the West this year are completely different. Purdue seems to be the team that never does anything right. (laughs) And Iowa seems to be the team that is completely inept, but does everything right on defense. Yeah. And then Illinois technically does have a shot if Iowa and Purdue were both to lose and I and Illinois wins. But uh, I, I, like you said, Corey, I don't see that happening as a realistic possibility. One of Iowa and Purdue is, is going to win this weekend. And we're we're talking so much about something that's just a ticket to go to the Big Ten championship game and get eviscerated. Yeah, the real Big Ten championship game is happening in Columbus. Correct. I mean, we Thank all you. know that, but this is still a Big Ten podcast. We have to talk about these other teams that are represented in the conference. Yeah, it's very but unfortunate that we have to. I, that, that's the thing. You like, do we actually like who's Who's holding us? Like, and I get that. I do. I do Illinois understand by that. Two points. You still have to play the game. Anything can happen. Kentucky. I also been... think Illinois. I also think Illinois is the best team in the West. Sure, that's fine. Kentucky's not the best team in the SEC, and they gave right. Georgia a run for their money. They still have to I play the game. I think the bigger conversation that needs to happen here is next year. The Big Ten needs to be divisionless. It's not. They said they won't do it. We need. One. It needs to happen right now. No, it's not. Happening. Well, They're when wait listen, USC when LA USC come. and UCLA come, bye bye divisions. That's what they'll do. Yep. They'll do that once UC, USC and UCLA come for sure. Yep, yep. It, it has to happen. Has to. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Um, last game on the docket, uh, a game that we will analyze at nauseum. Wisconsin beats Nebraska 15-14. I mean, what a nail-biter. What an absolute barn burner. I did not watch this game. I do not care about this game. <laughs> I, I I didn't even know that these two teams were on Earth, on planet Earth. Congratulations <laughs> to 
the winner of that game. <laughs> uh, Graham, Graham Mertz completed eight passes in the win. What a what a interesting thread of Big Ten wins this week. Completing single digit passes and still winning the game. Yes. If that doesn't scream Big Ten, I don't know what does. I was going to say, welcome to Big Ten football, people, you- especially in November. Yeah, and Nebraska only lost by one point, and they had, let's see, about almost 200 yards of less of offense, 318 for Wisconsin and 170 for Nebraska. They almost doubled them up. Yikes, yikes, best. 65 rushing yards for Nebraska. It was uh, it was gross, but Wisconsin gets a win and probably gets Jim Leonard the head coaching job. All in favor, say aye. Uh, more importantly – uh, I think Wisconsin, I more importantly, I think Wisconsin has clinched their ticket to the Duke's Mayo Bowl, which I am a, a big oh. fan of because they have a great Twitter account. And they dump mayonnaise on the winning football That's coach, incredible. don't they? It's gross. It's awesome. <laughs> oh, Welcome to football, Jim Leonard. It's absolutely awesome. Uh, hold on. I want, I, I wanted to look at a stat and I could edit this out too. So we're at uh, 57. Uh, okay. That was definitely not true. I thought I saw something that was crazy. Something about Graham Mertz. He would like led the big 10 in in some sort of QB like stat. And I was like, Graham Mertz. Are you kidding me? I don't know what it is. And I don't think it's true. So maybe I was just like high while watching. I was, I was, I was not high. I'm a, I'm a man of the Lord. Yes, you are a member of the clergy. Yes, a man of the cloth. A man of the cloth. Good lord, we need to continue. <laughs> okay, so that's the past week. Our picks from last week. We all ended up tying, even though we had different mixes of games. We all went four and three. So Ethan still has a six-game lead. Corey and I are still tied, and I'm gonna say with one week left, Corey. It's probably just a battle of second and third. I think Ethan uh, Ethan has all but clinched first place. Oh, how sad for you guys. I was going to say, if I took one game ahead of you this week, I was just not going to make any picks. I was just going to follow whatever you picked and just lock myself in for second place. But So it's a good thing that we, that we did this. This happened. You dirty dog. Yeah, this is going to be a nail-biter now for who we pick. This is going to be uh, – it's going to be fun. So we got a Friday game again. First time in a couple of weeks we got a Friday game. Nebraska traveling to Iowa, so Iowa gets this game at home. Again, without Sam Laporta, unfortunately, but Iowa is minus 10 and a half. Whoa. Uh, Ethan is still in first in the picks, so he gets the privilege of going last. Uh, do I have to go first? Yeah. Yeah, you do. Of course you say yeah, Corey. Well, Ethan can um, decide. Ethan will decide. Who's going first? Oh, we're going to alternate, and Corey goes first this time. Okay, so do I have to still do the coin, or is this my choice? No. No, no, no. You can do whatever you want. Okay, I'm, Your choice. I'm, you know what? I'm going to do the coin, but I'm going to do the virtual coin because I'm lazy and I don't want to go and find a quarter in my house. No, 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 no. Virtual coin's not the same. Listen, it's the last week. You just make your picks. You make your picks. we got to get one more true Corey picks. Okay, you know what? I'm going to win. Yeah, Alex is going to win. I'm calling it right now. My heart. This No, I'm going to do what you told me to do a couple weeks ago. My heart 
wants me to pick Nebraska to cover. But my brain is telling me no. But my brain has been wrong. So Nebraska is going to cover this game. I uh, I agree with you. I think not. Ha- I think not having Laporta is absolutely gigantic for this Iowa team. They have other weapons. Uh, you know what? That was a horrible sentence. I should never say that about Iowa football. They have other people on offense. <laughs> other bodies. But Sam Laporta, yeah, other bodies. But Sam Laporta is their biggest weapon. Caleb Johnson is good in the run game, but. Uh, Nebraska, I think, is missing their full playing pretty team. hard for this head coach. And Casey Thompson, uh, he can make a few plays. So I'll say I'll say Nebraska does cover this one as well. Um, Iowa is suffocating on defense. And <laughs> maybe, I mean, probably missing their best offensive weapon um, going into this game. But I, I, I just feel like late second half of this game is just going to be the story of Iowa's defense taking the ball away. I think they get a defensive score in this game. I'm going to take Iowa to cover. Hey, uh, question. I know this is a bit unrelated, <clears throat> but if Iowa wins this game, are they ranked for the Big Ten Championship? They kind of have to be, don't they? What 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 would their record be? I'm I'm looking that up one more time. They would be eight and four. Yeah, they they'd sneak in. They'd be like twenty five. I remember the ACC championship yeah. game a couple of years ago. It was like Virginia Tech versus Clemson, and Virginia Tech was like twenty four. Yeah, Gross. yeah. Um, so I'm gonna take Iowa in this game. So now next game, Alex Me. is gonna go first. Yeah. So the next game is the game. The rivalry. Wait, 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 wait. The... Save this for last. Save this for last. I'm okay, making a, okay, I'm making okay. an executive decision. Save this for last. All right, I'll save it for last. I'll skip to Rutgers at Maryland then. Maryland is minus 14. Maryland just played their hearts out against Ohio State. So I think we are in for a classic letdown performance from Maryland. I know Rutgers is on the road, but give me Rutgers to cover this one, Maryland, coming off of a great game from Ohio State. I never know. What's the spread? It's 14. 14. Okay. I never know what to think of Rutgers at all. The The exact opposite of what I think is going to happen with Rutgers is, is what happens. I, so what I think is going to happen is that Rutgers is going to show up for this game, but because I'm thinking that, they're not going to show up for this game. So I'm going to say Maryland covers for that reason of backwards logic. They win by 20. Um, I, I, I just, it's such a Jekyll and Hyde story for Maryland. But you know what? Rutgers is consistently bad. <laughs> so, so at least I have some hope and prayer if I pick Maryland to actually cover in this game. Um, would I ever put actual dollars on it? No, but I will take Maryland and I'll punt the points. Corey, Illinois minus 14 traveling to Northwestern. This is a 14 point spread too. Oh gosh. I don't want to bet this game at all. I'm going to do a classic push. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. Um, I think, I think we saw firsthand how legit Chase Brown is. And even, even, 
even when Michigan knew they were going to run the ball, he still was able to break off a couple of big runs. Northwestern is bad and somehow the worst team in the Big Ten West and the Big Ten. Uh, I think Illinois covers. Yeah, I agree. I think Illinois covers the 14, 14 points. I am concerned that I'm picking all road teams right now, but I'm going to go with Illinois. I am going to stop the trend here. And uh, this spread just doesn't feel right to me. It feels like Vegas is begging you to take Illinois. Like, oh, we're, it's only two touchdowns. Like, you know, Illinois, look what they just did with Michigan. Huge emotional game that they're coming off of, which they did not pull out the upset against Michigan. And now you have to go travel to Northwestern. This game is just means absolutely nothing to them. And they're super disappointed. Well, it doesn't mean I'm going to pick North. I'm, I, I understand it well, it will by the time they play after Iowa has won. Sure. I think they do I, I do think Illinois wins, but by like ten or something like that. I'm gonna take Northwestern to cover. A sneaky, sneaky cover. All right, next game. Minnesota travels to Wisconsin. Wisconsin is minus three and a half. I don't think Tanner Morgan is gonna be healthy still. They've had Ethan Kilimanjaro playing for the last however many weeks, so Three and a half seems like a small spread to me, and I think these players want Jim Leonard to get the the head coaching job. So give me Wisconsin minus three and a half at home. This is a one of those exciting rivalry games on the West bracket. Like the, they play for like a big axe, don't they? Paul Bunyan's axe—that's the trophy. Um, and that was a big game last year. Put uh, allowed Iowa to go to uh, the Big Ten championship. I want to watch this game solely because of Ibrahim. I just want to see if he can keep that streak alive. Um, but yikes, Minnesota is bad, and they that seven and four record it does not tell the story of how bad this team is. Um, I'll take Wisconsin as they usher themselves into the Duke Mayo Bowl. Um, it'll be a classic Wisconsin win, gritty, but more than three and a half. Boys, I'm gonna I, I'm giving you guys a shot to get back into this thing because I'm picking against you boys. Um, I, I I just think that Minnesota with Mo Ibrahim is gonna be too much in this game, and I like Minnesota. <laughs> Give me Minnesota. All right, Oof. next game, Corey, you're picking first. Golly, it's appropriate. You're gonna you're gonna make you. me pick the the spoilers. The Boilers. Purdue minus 10 and a half is the spread at Indiana on the road in a rivalry game. See, this is the story of Purdue with me. Their, their like chances of making the title game have remained somewhat like consistent. Like it still could happen even into the final week of the season. We've made it. That's, that's awesome. And that's my, that's my pick from the beginning of the year for the big 10 West. So I want you all to know that I should get a dub because my pick has gone the furthest. However, uh, my faith in the team has consistently gone downhill ever since that week one loss to Penn State. So uh, this is a rivalry game. Indiana's coming off an emotional win, but Purdue doesn't make any sense. This is a game they should steamroll, but they're not going to because they're Purdue. Uh, They are definitely not going to beat Indiana by 10 points. They might even lose this game. So Indiana, you're covering. Book it. My lock of the week. Wow. Uh, because wow. of that, I should go in the opposite direction, but 
I'm not going to. Indiana is at home. They are coming off a big win, which you would expect a letdown coming, but Maccabee might not be 100% for Purdue. Indiana was able to run the ball extremely well, and they've got running from the quarterback position now. They got a bad secondary, so Purdue might put up some points, but I think uh, this Purdue defense is just as inconsistent as the entire team. So give me Indiana to this, cover. This is Indiana's season two, by the way. Like, this is the only thing they're playing. They can't play for a bowl game. This is the last thing that these players are playing for. So they are going to. Guys, I, I mean, if I have a bad week, you guys are catching me. That's all I'm saying because I'm taking Purdue and punting the ball. You're a psychopath. I know it's, you are crazy. I know it's a rivalry game. I know it's a rivalry game. But I am telling you, Vegas is trying to get you to take Indiana in this game. They're like 10 and a half points in a rivalry game and Purdue so inconsistent and they're on the road, blah, blah, blah. Like, of course, I'm going to take Indiana in this spot. No, no, no. You're not fooling me, Vegas. I know what you're up to. Purdue wins this game and wins by more than two touchdowns. Oh, gosh. All right, we'll see. Uh, me, my turn. Michigan State traveling to Penn State. Penn State is an 18-point favorite at home. I said it earlier in the show, they have been dominating every opponent that they should dominate. MSU is one of those opponents that they should dominate. Not healthy on the defensive line and still a really bad secondary. So give me Penn State minus 18. This is the dumbest rivalry game in the Big Ten because technically this is trying to be this is trying to be a rivalry game, somewhat kind of. I hate this number. I don't like it. It's ugly. Um, There's two teams in the Big Ten that every other Big Ten team hates: Ohio State and Penn yeah, State. Yeah, nobody likes Penn State. Who cares about those guys? Uh, I don't like that number. It's ugly, um, and so I don't think Penn State's going to cover that. Give me Michigan State. Mm. Ugly number. I don't. I like when I first round. When I first saw this, and I saw that the spread was that big, I was like, "Something just doesn't feel right about this." Like you're basically telling me that I need to win by. I need Penn State to win by three touchdowns. I I don't know. I I just. I feel like, yeah, Penn State is definitely the better team, and they're playing at home. Them, you know what? Them dogs. Michigan State Michigan State just got absolutely obliterated in their last game, and there's no hope for this team. They get steamrolled here. Give me Penn State. I'll punt the points. for bowl eligibility. What do you think? They lost in overtime. They're not playing for bowl eligibility because they're going to lose this game. So might as well do it laying down. Lay, laying down, game. face down, booty up. <laughs> Last game of the week, the game of the week. Let's let's pick our our who's going to cover pick, and let's also pick who we think is going to win the game. I know it's tricky given health situations, but Michigan traveling to Ohio State. Ohio State is a seven and a half point favorite at home. Weather could be sketchy. It's definitely going to be cold. It's possible for rain, but not positive. Corey, you are first. Give us who you think is going to cover. Give us who you think is going to win the football Am game. Am I giving a synopsis? Or is, is that not allowed? 
quick, quick. Okay. Uh, I've seen what Michigan can do when they don't have their star players in the lineup. I've seen what Ohio State can do when they don't have their star players in the lineup. Uh, one is a much uglier picture than the other. I don't care about the weather. Ohio State is still that team that just figures out a way to win. And given the injuries on the Michigan side of the ball, I just don't think they'll be able to keep up. Honestly, guys, I'm, my morale is pretty low, and maybe my pessimism will kill me. I think Ohio State covers, and then obviously I think they win. Given where everything is at now, I hope I, – I pray that I'm wrong. And I hope since, like, the – the world gave us the 2006 game of the century and that went Ohio state's way that Michigan can get game of the century part two, but we live in a, we live in a logical world and my logic, although it is flawed most of the time tells me, I think Ohio state's going to take care of business. Call me Desmond Howard. Call me Charles Woodson because on this show, I will never, pick against Michigan. Oh my. <laughs> give me Michigan to cover and give me a healthy Michigan team to win. If Michigan is 100% healthy oh, my- on the defensive line and in the running back room, they win this football game. Give me Michigan and give me the points. That's that's some big, that's some big ifs. I would change too. I'm going to I'm I'm just going to say this. Please lord, let it rain. Oh, and let it be really, really, really. Rain. Let it be really cold. Let it rain. Uh, I, I just because you saw what happened in the elements last year. Um, not even that that was like a huge factor in the game, um, because Ohio State still had some really big passing plays uh, in in the game last year. Um, I I, I think that. I don't think Mayan Williams or Travion Henderson are going to play in this game. And if they do, they are definitely compromised. We've seen them come into games and have to leave very quickly afterwards. Um, I, I, I think that this is shaping up to be a lot like what last year's game was. And I just, I, I have to stick with my gut here. I have to stick with what I've been saying for weeks now. And I really think that Michigan is going to cover in this game. I think they have a phenomenal opportunity to win. And I am going to take Michigan to win this game on the road. Huge, huge, huge road win for Michigan in this game. Let's go blue, baby. Fellas, can you give me some of your optimism that you have? Because I've been hurt too long. This is, this is again, this is why the Rich Rod... Brady Hoke era is important because I'm wait wait until wait until you hear the injury updates a few hours before game time. Okay, I'm just that's all I have to say. Because we'll be all right, boys. I fully, I, I'm I'm telling you, I fully expect Edwards and Corum to play, and I fully expect Henderson and Mayan Williams not to. Wow. And Jackson Smith and Jigba is definitely not playing. He probably won't be ready for a bowl game. He's probably done at Ohio State, period. Yeah. So I just think, and obviously if you're Michigan, you have to have 
Oh my gosh. Now, of course, his name is going to... Our defensive lineman, please help me. Mike Morris. Mike Morris. You have to have him. You you must. Like, if Mike Morris... If, if it comes out, Mike Morris isn't playing, all of this goes out the window. You have to have him in there. But if you do, and, and you can get that run stuffing up the middle, and you and you make Ohio State one-dimensional... I, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this could be a very, it could set up very, very well for Michigan. Well, that does it for the show this week. It is hate week or not hate week. It's hate Ohio week. State. It, it's hate, hate week. week. It's hate week for us. I, there's hate going both ways. 100%. Uh, PSA to uh, people who live in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, double check. Control F. Search for the M's. <laughs> You guys always forget some. Make sure you're double checking and make sure you're crossing out every single M because we are very concerned in Ann Arbor that you're not familiar with the alphabet. All right. Well, that's going to do it for our show this week. Full disclosure, if Michigan loses this weekend, you may not hear from us for a while. So <laughs> full disclosure, if, if oh, Michigan we'll be loses, back. We'll be it back. was a fluke. Uh, and if Michigan wins, way better team. We're so good. At exactly. Exactly. Hey, hey, we got that last year. We got it last year. We did. All right. No, we'll be back no matter what. We'll we'll be here to lick our chops if we if we lose. Wait, one question for you guys before I know we're we're going long, but do you guys remember that one time it was really snowy, um big game and Ohio State comes <laughs> to into get, town to get to the playoff. To get to the to get to the Big Ten championship in the playoff and this guy um, what was his name? Uh, Hassan Haskins. Oh, he scored five touchdowns. Oh yeah, that guy. Do you remember when that happened? Uh, I still oh. watch the highlight video once a week. <laughs> once we are ruffling feathers. Once? All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Like, follow, leave us reviews, and be sure to come back next week to see if we're in a great mood or a poor one. Peace out, everybody. Deuces. See ya.